When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to Dice to Roll, the queerest Pathfinder podcast on our planet. We have hard questions like, if you were a peasant and you found a ring that grants you tree wishes, what would you wish for? Big booty bitches. Okay. So much money. Okay. Cow. <laughs> those are so, okay, you know what, Ritz? I will give you a pass because do, all, you succeeded. All of those are things that you would wish for if you were a peasant. And I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I forgot the peasant part. <laughs> That's just what you'd get regardless. That's just what you want flat out. Doesn't matter what situation. <laughs> uh, what about Dave and Lou? Do you guys have anything? A sword. Okay, a sword? Just a regular sword? I mean, like, an, an, a nice sword. <laughs> okay. And that, is that? Um, and you, 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 I... You get the sword and you're like, you know what? That's it. Don't. I'd wish for money. Okay. One last wish. And like a nicer house. Okay. Very good. Really practical. <laughs> nice and practical. Yeah. Uh, I Luna. want a sword, money, and a home. Pretty All good. the basic needs. Exactly. Luna, how about you? I feel like money is an important one. Um, okay. Probably like farmland or a garden. I like plants. Okay. I like planting things. Pretty good. Okay. Uh, the blood of my enemies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who are your enemies as a peasant? <laughs> Those fuckers down the road. They stole my fucking shit. The now they'll die. The rich. Um, no. oh, corrupt monarchy. So like, the landowner. Wait, wait, but then you just wish for money? Hmm? Didn't you just wish for money? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. Luna, you <laughs> opened yourself to, get to a by, classic. I wouldn't be like. <laughs> You've opened yourself up to a classic genie's trick. <laughs> Luna! You are rich people now. You're rich people now. I'm not my you own enemy, specify- though. That's true. Ah, you reverse tricked the genie. <laughs> um, Sorry, I just really like the idea of a peasant going like, that fucking asshole Steve <laughs> down the lane, I need you to put a pox upon his bloodline right now. Oh, Jebediah is a cheating horse, son, and he stole my donkey. Kill him. <laughs> Deeply funny. 
<laughs> I <laughs> love like, peasant drama. <laughs> uh, for me, it would have been, by the way, uh, pretty similar to you, Luna. It would have mm -hmm. been um, health for my family, um, wealth and prosperity, and uh, uh, <laughs> debt to the nation of Isgar. Everyone in Isgar just dies indiscriminately. Great. Great. Children. Don't matter. Bruh. Oh my god. <laughs> Even the horses? Even the horses. I just want to see what geopolitical Fuck drama that. it would cause. Just for fun. Because <laughs> you're bored. You're just doing this for experimentation. Brother. I want to see how this affects the economy. <laughs> the economy? It's gonna... There will be uh, no economy. There's no fucking people. No one really Gary, cares that much about Isgardo. Derry, okay, I'm almost true. glad that you didn't become a scientist. I'm glad that you didn't go into <laughs> chemistry. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, your wish is not that different to mine. Would we like? I mean, to play fair some enough. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> like at least there's personal Thunder? history with Luna's. Yours is indiscriminate. <laughs> yeah, Yours? but isn't that kind of better? No, no. I. <laughs> it's not cold blooded. It's just clinical. No, it's Bro. fucking not. It is cold blooded. I think you don't know what that word means. <laughs> Would we like to play some Pathfinder? Yes, for the love of God. Okay. So, when we last left our adventurers in the Abomination Vaults, Fiore, Alric, and Silk ventured deeper into the strange ruins in the Fogfen. They traipsed through rubble to find a massive sinkhole, which appeared to be hiding a set of stairs down below. They overcame the dangers of some mitflits, were scared by a fake skeleton, and came face to face with Boss Grong, the leader of the Mud Licker Mitflits, who was very obviously intending on attacking Otari, but was quickly convinced not to do that, and has offered allegiance with you adventurers. And now the three of you continue your adventure through this strange ruin, seeking out the source of the light in the fog. And fellows, are we good to continue? Yeah. Yes. Okay. You stand outside the doors into Boss Grong's lair. That awful skeleton statue stands watch as you make your way back into the sinkhole room preparing to investigate deeper into the dungeon. You have yet to find the source of that strange glowing, but perhaps you'll be able to discover it when you go true. Gang, what do you do? Hmm. I will also say, Ulrich, you're a little bit injured. You did get smashed into a wall by Silk earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they close those doors behind them and Silk uh, is like, no, really, before we move on, can I please patch you up? I doesn't hurt too bad, really, as he, like, rolls his shoulder and there's, like, a slight cracks. <laughs> you know, it's better to heal now rather than in the middle of combat. I suppose so. You could take a spell and crack open that pretty little head of yours. Come here. Ulrich averts their eyes. <laughs> Silk, uh, Silk is trained in medicine. Would you like to use uh, some treat wounds? I would like to use some treat wounds. Well, Ritz, uh, at last I have a module that's going to make my life so much easier. Um, oh. Here, I have oh, an shit. explorations activity module. Oh. When you guys continue exploring, I will ask what you're all doing. 
But more importantly, you can just click something from this, uh, a list of the things you can do while you are exploring. And right That's now- That's so cool. You're taking a 10 minute break to treat Ulrich's wounds. So uh, if you click into that button, Ritz, that you clicked, there is a macro for treat wounds. And Sick. cool. You can just click it and it'll hopefully work. I'm gonna use a hero point. Okay, you got an 11, unfortunately, which is very funny. So Silk essentially just vaguely patched Alric for a few seconds. No, I want to use a hero point. <laughs> okay, use your hero point. I mean, you whoa. Oh, it succeeded. Okay. Nice uh, work. Okay. Six healing. Okay, Alric, you receive six healing from uh, Silk as uh, they bandage up your wounds, apply some, uh, like, he like, minor magics to undo some scrapes. You know, make you feel a little better. How are you looking now that you've got six healing? Uh, much better. Auric, I think, feels a bit less stiff from being knocked against a wall. I think he stretches his back a little bit, rolls his shoulders. There's significantly less cracking. And he gives Silka a small glance and says, Thanks. Of course. Again, my apologies. Uh, don't. It's... Spells go awry all the time. Don't worry about it. Oh, I meant to cast it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> well, I just thought me. perhaps you'd be a little bit more sturdy. Ah, uh, well. I'm an Asher. We don't... aren't very known for... sturdiness. Fiore, you look at poor sweet Alaric, and you look at their frame, and you're like, what was Silk drinking? <laughs> Fiore just raises an eyebrow. He's like, hmm, okay. You just spent 10 minutes camping uh, by the sinkhole, banching up your wounds. Later in the story, if you were somewhere with a lot of enemies, spending 10 minutes might invite them to come looking for you. Mm -hmm. But for the moment, that hasn't happened. You get the feeling that perhaps the mitflits of this place are not necessarily actively sending out patrols. Yeah. So, what do you guys do now? Uh, still kind of dusts off his hands, uh, and stands up straight and is like, Well, we haven't all day. Should we explore the rest of this place? Sure. There's a door up north that we'd have to be careful about maneuvering there and then there were more doors back the way we came shall we which way do we want to go oh it is open. i thought it was closed because this map is so fucking dark <laughs> you have torches uh, fiore can turn one on uh so fiore do you take out a torch and light it yes okay uh fiore you put away your scimitar and you pull out a torch making it slightly easier for your friends to see in the dark the fires flicker over the cobblestone walls, and again, now in greater detail, you can all see the signs of an ancient battle that took place here. Still don't know what that's about. There's a door to the north that is closed and you haven't been through yet, and a door to the west, which you came through earlier. Do we want to go north or back out? Well, it might be a good idea to head up north. Sure. Let's clear the room. That is fair. I'll help if any of you look like you're going to fall. Hmm. Be careful. It's kind of 
uh, the walkways aren't as friendly as they'd ideally be. Okay. Do you guys follow Fiore? Yeah. Yep. Now I ask another question. Fellas, how, this is a rule that we've been playing Pathfinder for five years, and it's a rule I've always ignored because it's not convenient. But there are things you can do in exploration mode, and I have a module for it, so I'm going to start doing it. Fellas, oh, fuck yeah. what do you do during your exploration? Uh, oh god. Oh. Would, would identify magic work for the magic shit in, on, like, the top of this room? On the walls? Yeah, on the walls. Now, isn't that an interesting one? I know it's not, like, uh, active magic, but it's traces of it. Fiore is just gathering information. Why? Because he fucking loves this. He's having <laughs> the best day of his life, okay? Um, he's having the day ever. He's like, yay! And he skips around. <laughs> um, I'd like to scout, I think. Okay, so you're gonna, like, kind of be at the front, watching for danger? Mm-hmm. He's definitely at the front. So that means that uh, everyone in the party will have a plus one to your initiative at the start of the next encounter. Ooh. So you are scouting, Fiore. Uh, Silk, you wanted to identify magic? Yes, sir. Um, I will allow it. I'm not sure. Okay. I think you might have to usually stop for this and like spend time checking, but I think this whole place has signs of this. So I will definitely allow you to identify magic as you're kind of like tracing your hands over the walls and checking stuff out fucking sick and Ulrich what are you gonna do uh I think Ulrich is curious about the fight that went on here and they're investigating okay so I think I will give you a different rather well I'll give is I'll give Silk the magic effects and mm. I think I'll give you the practical effects as you're kind of all walking through so Silk and Ulrich I need both of you to make me a secret uh, Arcana, or in your case, Ark, you could do Bardic Lore, as you guys kind of start tromping through the dungeon, as Fiore is uh, at the front of the group, kind of like keeping an eye out for danger. Okay. You both rolled. Silk, what I'll give you as you're checking this place out is that this was... This was high-level magic. Oof. Like, the size of the burns and the acid and whatever, these were not just spells thrown around by some mitflits. Mm -hmm. These were spells thrown around by incredibly powerful adventurers. Interesting. And I think Ulrich, with your bardic lore check, it all clicks into place. I think you know where you are. Yeah. Ancient heroes? Signs of a mighty battle outside Otari? Wait. Is this... The signs of a hole in the ground that swallowed up someone, maybe? Oh. And I think, Ulrich, you realize that this is no ordinary ruin. As you run your hand over the scars in the wall, you realize that you stand in the gauntlet the site of the final battle of the Rose Guard. The heroes of Otari. Oh my god. <laughs> Fiori, on the other hand, is having uh, a great time looking like, monsters? Monsters? Any monsters? La, 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 la. <laughs> He's literally just having a good time. This is insane. Oh? Isn't it? 
No. No, really, this... We're standing where the Rose Guard fought. What? What? Wait, are you... Like, for... Like, for real? I'm serious. How could you tell? Well, the Rose Guard was a... They were incredible fighters, weren't they? Yeah. And one of them fell during their last adventure. And the town nearby that they found was named after him. Ah. This is where he fell. This was the room that they dealt the killing blow to the sorceress. And just before she too died, she took one of them down with her. How morbid. Let's make sure we don't also fall in. Noted. As much as I'd love to have a town named after me, too, I don't think I'd like to follow in that kind of direction. <laughs> no, I think we all want to make this one out alive. Hmm. But, yeah, this is... the This is the place of their final adventure. That's huge. How did no one notice this was here, also? <laughs> I think you, well, you know that the gauntlet exists. It's just it hasn't been explored in, like, fucking centuries. It's, oh, okay, okay. It doesn't, it's, it's, there's ruins everywhere, man. <laughs> well, these are kind of important ruins. All ruins were once important. That's not true. Okay. There's an abandoned um, McDonald's near my house. <laughs> do you guys keep moving? Make your way out of here? away from this rocky grave of Otari Ilvanesh, whose skeleton lies somewhere in the rocks. I don't like that. Yeah. You want to keep moving? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You continue making your way through this now slightly less dark building. And Fiori, you get to the door and you open it. And as you come out the corner, uh, you enter back into a big courtyard. To the east of you, the wall of the uh, rune has collapsed. Uh, so you can actually see the uh, muddy ground of the island and then the fen beyond it. And to your west, you see a problem. Mm. Tree mitflits are uh, around a giant pile of rubble and they're kind of jumping up and down the spot and seem to be dodging something. And you see a massive, slimy, fuck-off maggot the size of a horse. Ooh. Oh. A small horse, but a horse nonetheless. Oh. Spitting blobs of goop at them. And they seem to be cheering. And then one of them hops on its back and starts riding it like a horse a little bit and the other two cheer. And then the first one falls off. Ugh. Uh, they look like they're having fun. Oh, they can have their fun all the way over there. One of them sees you and points <laughs> and screams in a salvat. And uh, the fucking maggot starts wriggling towards you guys. What the fuck do you do? Hey, <laughs> hey, we're friends. We're friends of your boss. Keep that thing over there. <laughs> The maggot comes a little closer. It does not speak Scarvot. It still Fiori. hides behind Ulrich. Yeah. <laughs> Ulrich stiffens up. The one riding it does pull its carap like its weird carapace a little bit. Like, slow down, slow down. 
and it looks at you and says, What? We're friends of Vaskron. <gasps> and the tree mitflits all kind of gather and they're looking at you. Uh, they have to hold the giant maggot back because it is like <laughs> at you. Oh, wow. <laughs> One of them looks closer and says, You, you are new servants of the Muttmakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. Where is that? <laughs> we shall put you to work. Go mine for us. Then the other one says, Mine. Mine for us. Uh. No, we're busy. They all puff out their cheeks. The one on the maggot comes a little closer and says, What business have you here in our beautiful new home? The Empire of the Midflits! Uh, we're here to go beat the mushroom-eyed people and explore. Their eyes all widen and they... I think the two of them on the floor start hopping up and down, punching the air. Says, "Yes, yes, yes! Kill them! Kill them! Kill them! <laughs> kill them all!" And then another, the one on top says, "Yes, once there were dozens of us, but now all that remains is uh, one, two, three. And then there's a tree in the in the sinkhole, and then there's a two with boss Krong, so that's at least three. And then there was the tree at the front." Sweating. There were dozens of us before. Now there are only us. Did did the did the mushroom-eyed man kill most of you? They all look at each other and they're like, "No." Oh. A lot of us got eaten by our maggots. That sounds dangerous. Why do you still have them? And because he's big. He's a big maggot. Says the one told maggot. We play games with the maggot. We play games like dodge the glob. You never that play dodge well the glob. That sounds good until it eats you. We, it is our pet. The maggot will grow up big and strong into giant fly, and we we play games with it. Dodge the glob. Unfortunately, we sometimes we do not succeed. Uh, unfortunately. Yes, most unfortunate. But when you come and you return the 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 Midfit Empire to its rightful owners, the Madlickers will reign supreme once more, and then bad, nasty, hideous mushroomite men will have to leave forever. Uh, well, we're glad to help. And one says, if you need guidance around the floors you may ask us but come not too close towards our new best friend he hugs the fucking maggot you don't have to worry about that so what do you guys do um silk is definitely kind of tugging at all our like probably in uh this direction over here like a, a a northeast door um he so badly wants to be away from this giant maggot. Well, we're gonna keep exploring. Is there are there any monsters that we should be careful about nearby? Hmm. And they point at the northeast door. <laughs> <laughs> well, we keep our pet in there. You're kidding. Like the, like. 
like your maggot buddy? No. Sorry, he's the scorpion. Noted. It's okay. We'll keep him. We'll keep him away from you. There's more stuff beyond that, but we don't really know. Strange place. Make head hurt. Oh, this is fantastic. Thank you. Wait, what about that door? Uh, and Silk points to the next one that isn't where the big ass scorpion is. It's just to the north. Hmm. Well, that's the way deeper into the dungeon. Oh? It is from there whence we came. A path that leads below the keep. And behind you? Oh, that door to the to the northwest? <laughs> yes, the door to the northwest. Oh, that's the way upstairs. Upstairs? Oh. To the tower. We don't like going there. It's where the big ghost lives. There's a, a ghost? Yeah, the one that glows at night and scares everyone. That's the light. Well, the objective is finding the light, so we could probably just go upstairs and explore the, the rest after that or we could just explore right now i don't know well i'd rather be in an area where they do not have giant maggots running about that's fair that's fair <clears throat> if you'll excuse us they kind of back off and they hiss a little bit and the, the maggot looks so fucking hungry god uh well, thanks <laughs> so makes it a point to not be anywhere near it as they go to the door to the west you guys come up to a set of doors. Oh, that can't okay. open. Well, it won't open. It seems to be stuck. Is it like a lock or is it literally stuck? It seems to be stuck, stuck. You try force open if you want it, Fiore. Yeah, I think he. I think he's going to try and force it open. He's like, I'm going to try this, okay? Like, any sort of motions, like he's going to use his shoulder to... Don't hurt yourself. I'm sturdy. Do you want to make me a athletics check? Yep. That was almost a 20. I'll have you now. <laughs> uh, well, it wasn't. It was a 10. Um, Fiore, you <coughs> against the door, but it doesn't open immediately. Hmm. Do you want to try again? Yeah, sure. 23. Okay. The first time you shoulder bang into it, Fiore, but it doesn't open. So you pull up, you steady yourself, and you shoulder bang again. And this time the door slams open. Ah! And he like bangs it open. He like stumbles forward a little bit. Well, um. Oh. Yeah. Uh. There's some blood. The smooth walls of this circular room are painted a light gray with no indication of seams between blocks of stone. A set of iron stairs winds upwards along the curved walls before terminating at a trap door in the ceiling nearly a hundred feet above. A red bloodstain glistens on the floor at the room's center, as though a human-sized creature bled to death on the floor very recently. But there is no body in sight. Hmm. What the hell do you guys do? That is a little unsettling. Certainly. 
This is recent. Mitflits don't bleed red, do they? And and they aren't and they're not strong enough to take down many people. Would you guys like to look a little closer? Yes. Yeah, please. Okay. Make me a perception check, everyone. Alric, you you see something? Mm-hmm. The blood ripples. Stay back. And the way you look at it, you realize <laughs> it isn't just a splatter of blood on the floor. It seems to be the top of a really deep like a really deep pool. What? And you can uh, try figure it out more if you want with, you know, good old bardic lore or occultism, your choice. Mm-hmm. But that is what you were immediately experiencing. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I'll try the... I'll try bardic lore. Uh, okay. Roll. Ulrich, as you look closer, you realize that this isn't natural. This seems to be the sign of some supernatural occurrence. Like, this is not... Even though it looks recent, it is not. This is more likely the visible sign of a haunt. Uh, I think Ghost wasn't too far off from the description of things happening here. Oh. This... Looks recent, but it's not. This is a haunt. Oh. Sorry, I haven't dealt with that many ghosts. When you live in Otari, you kind of don't. How do we deal with it? Well, I guess the first step would be figure out exactly what happened here. It's pretty Other good. than the, the fight with the Rose Guard. Hmm. Is there more in this room that would point, that would like hint as to what what else happened or how this haunt can be cleansed? You could make me an uh, you can make me a religion check to see if you can figure out what's up with haunt. Where's my religion? <laughs> okay. This goes for all of you. Oh okay. my god! You want me? Almost religion? No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Fiore, you're not entirely sure. He hasn't dealt with ghosts that much before. Silk, what I'll give you is that you feel that this is probably something extremely dangerous at night. Mm-hmm. Haunts are strongest at night, in the dark. So, coming back here at night would reveal the truth. Okay. Alric, you don't necessarily agree. Upon closer inspection, you get the distinct feeling that this is less of a dangerous haunt and more a, I suppose, an imprint. Uh, it doesn't manifest any further beyond this blood red ripple. Right? Okay. It could be, or it might be nothing. So one of you succeeded and one of you crit failed, but it's either <laughs> really dangerous at night or never dangerous at all. The two of you disagree on the exacts. <laughs> what time is it outside? 
Uh, right now? I mean, what time did you leave uh, home at? They left very early in the morning. Yeah, they, they, this it's, was the first thing that they did. Yeah. So it's a 20-minute walk into the fog fan, and I think you maybe spent uh, maybe half an hour so far, maybe actually closer probably to an hour between talking to Boss Grong and investigating and healing wounds. Okay. Uh, I think Silk lets out like a sigh of relief after taking like a closer look at it, and he's like, well, that gives us a lot of time to investigate before this thing becomes dangerous. Da- dangerous? You like, think it'll be dangerous when it go- when it falls tonight? Absolutely. Look at it. It's a pool of blood. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. It does look ominous. Could also be an imprint, though. Could be just a sign of the hunt. Uh, perhaps, but I get a bad feeling that it's not entirely safe. At least later it won't be. Well, then, um, keep an eye on the sun, then, uh, when we can see it, and we'll try not to be in this room, or here, too late. If anything. Hmm. Fair. So, what do you guys do? There is a door out of this place, but this is very obviously the lighthouse that you saw. The Epinomis Gauntlet, the tower that uh, was built by the evil sorceress 500 years ago. They came here to investigate the lighthouse specifically, so they might as well go upstairs. That's true. So you guys keep moving. You climb up that 100 feet of rickety old stairs, and you get to the top of the lighthouse. Rows of metal bars encase this circular chamber like a cage. Shimmering waves of force flicker between the bars and give the illusion that softly glowing glass encases this entire area. The floor to the north has an iron trap door from which you just emerged. Otherwise, this room appears empty, save for a human-sized encasement of glass and iron that flickers and glows when unsettling, almost nauseating pale blue shimmer. The Gauntlet's Lantern. Quest updated. Oh, shit. Objective complete. Find the source of the strange light. The hell do you guys do now? Whoa. How? Detect magic? Ah! Yeah, it's magic as hell. That's like so magic. That is insanely magic. Uh, Like, it is almost... You're like, oh, I'll cast detect magic. And you shove your hand into a toaster. You know? (laughs) Like, it is... It is almost painful when you cast detect magic. You quickly stop because, whoa! Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's strong. Oh my goodness, it's magic, it's magic, it's magic. Okay. What in the world? I have no idea what this is. Let's have a look around and see if we can't figure it out. Sure, I'm interested. Me too. Color me incredibly curious. This turned out to be quite the adventure. It doesn't, like, you can't see as you look around. There's not much in here, aside from this strange glass object. Like, it, it's almost like a cage of glass and iron, which is containing this awful light inside. Like, even looking at it kind of makes you all feel a little queasy. Hmm. 
not in your stomach, more in your souls, you know? Like, there's this yeah. real dread that comes from looking at it. Um... Damn. Uh, am... Hmm. I mean, I guess I cannot recognize this magic. You can fucking try. <laughs> can I? I have uh, my uh, background feet. Recognize uh, spell. Recognize spell? Uh, yeah. I will allow you to try. <laughs> yeah, I'll let I don't you think try. it's <laughs> Make me an arcana check. Recognize sure. spell is usually to figure out immediately as a reaction what a spell does as it's being cast. Mm-hmm. Silk, you take a good, hard look at this, and you are yourself something of an expert of magic. <laughs> you know, you have literally no idea. This is so beyond you, and you have a feeling it would be beyond even the greatest scholars of magic. Huh. I definitely cannot identify what this is. So we will have to do some context work. Uh, so there's nothing else in this room. I mean, you have a great view of the rest of the ruins. Um, you can, like, certainly look off the side and see what's around. But this place is empty aside from that central glass chamber of light. Hmm. We can see Otari, right? Yeah, off in the distance. It's beyond the trees. Anything else that's, like, of note that we can see from the lighthouse? Make me a perception check. Okay. Do all of you want to make it, or just Silk? And you can all choose a direction to look from if you like. Uh, sure. Perceive. You can look out this way. The west. Alaric is probably gonna look like in the east northeast area. Okay. And Silk is looking south. All of you make me that perception check. So Silk, you can see. Uh, you actually do have a very good view of Otaria from here. Um, hmm. So you can see, like, honestly, you can see your house from here. You know. Huh. Um, Alric, as you kind of gaze out to the northwest. You see a place. Sorry, as you kind of gaze out to the northeast, you can see that there's almost a church-looking part of the room. Church. You do some like quick mental math, and that must be the place that they were keeping uh, that scorpion. They did say there were places deeper that way, but like you can see stained glass and shit. Hmm. And Fiore, what you see is very interesting. Oh, yes. There's another smaller island. And a bridge, a very small wooden rickety bridge connects it to this island. And there are... There's a building on it. And on the coast, you can see the ruins of a campfire and a boat. Implying that someone else has been here very recently. Oh. What do you do? Guys, I think somebody was here recently. What? Here? And Silk rushes over. Come here, look. And he points out at it. What's that? There's another building, and there's uh, a campfire nearby. Oh, they're here. 
That's strange. I found what seems to be a church. Any indication of what deity? No, no indication. I just saw the stained glass, but that's also where they're keeping the scorpion. Hmm. Hmm. Curious to have a church attached to a lighthouse. It's strange, I know, but I'm sure if we investigate that, we'll figure out what deity. Perhaps we should check just who is in the area. Whoever is here first, they might have some answers. Exactly. Well, let's find our mystery person. I can probably help track if it's still fresh. Clues may be around where they were, so I'm sure you'll come very in handy. So, do you guys want to head down? Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. You guys make your way back down those rickety stairs, and uh, you go past the awful bloodstain, and uh, there is, like I said, a door outside to the west, which would take you towards this place. Perfect. I'm going to open it. I'll keep an eye on the floor and everywhere else to see if there are any fresh tracks. In that case, Ulrich, are you changing your exploration activity? Uh, all right, I'll change it to search then. Okay, so you are seeking meticulously for hidden doors, concealed hazards, and so on. So I will basically secretly roll if you're getting close to a clue that you might not notice. And if you do see it, suddenly you'll be like, oh, wait, what's that? Okay. So, Ulrich, you are keeping an eye out. Uh, Silk, do you want to do anything new while you're exploring? Um, look pretty. Okay, that's fine. You can do that. Silk also keeps an eye out with Ulrich. Okay, you're searching as well? Yeah. Okay, the two of you keep an eye out as Fiore continues leading you into danger. Fiore, are you scouting? Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's still scouting. Okay. Fiore, you're keeping an eye out. Alric and Silk, the two of you, are a little more careful. Uh, as you guys leave the tower, you can see that nearby, to the north, there is a wooden bridge which leads to a building on a small island off the coast of the main building. But there is also a ruined boathouse, which appears to be where the campfire was. Building to the west, maybe? That's the one with the camp? Yep, that's right. Do you want to check out the ruined boathouse? E sure. Yeah. Okay. You guys make your way around. And e uh, what you see is uh, the southern portion of this stone-walled building has collapsed into rubble, exposing what remains of a boathouse to the elements. The shelves and boats within have decayed into heaps of rot and moss but the remains of a relatively fresh campfire smolder faintly. Hmm. Ulrich, would you like to roll me a survival check to see if you can figure out much about, like, how these... like, how this campfire is looking? Yeah. Ulrich, you take a look, and to you, it seems like this campfire is maybe a few days old. Seems like the fire's been here for a few days. Um... Hmm. Well, they could be gone, couldn't they? It's possible. Well, they might have left, but somebody was here. And this place is huge, actually. 
it's a swampy area, so maybe the maybe there's some tracks somewhere. And Alric search for searches for like uh, tracks, any leftover like evidence of anyone being there, lost equipment, things like that. Okay, well, I want you to make me a perception check, please. Okay. Yeah, you spend some time, I think 10 minutes, investigating the area. And it's not in the uh, boathouse itself that you find something, but out on its pier. Okay. Much of this wooden pier has collapsed into the swamp, leaving about 10 feet of moldy, soggy boards slumped against ancient wood pilings. But the rowboat tied to the piling looks much more recently built. Okay, well, the boat's recent. Uh, he kind of yells out to the others. Oh. And there's something inside the boat that catches your eye. Okay. Inside the boat is a stash of pastries. What? <gasps> uh, <laughs> it, Shaped <laughs> like little fish. <gasps> Alric looks and squints and looks again to make sure he's not like hallucinating or something. <laughs> Did you find something? He, he grabs one and sniffs it and goes, it's pastries? Pastries. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Alric tosses one to Silk and Fury each. Oh. <laughs> it's a wonder if he fucking catches it. <laughs> Fiore definitely catches his. I want everyone to now make me a society check. And Fiore, you have a plus two to this check. Oh. Oh. Fiore, you recognize these cakes. Uh-huh. Smoked salmon in a fish-shaped doughy exterior. There's only one place in Otari where such a thing is sold. And you grimace a bit because you're holding a treat from the Crook's Nook. You all know about the Crook's Nook. How could you not? Uh -huh. It's one of the most important establishments in Otari. It serves several purposes in town. It's a large wooden structure uh, which functions as a bridge over the Osprey River. It's a cheap place to lodge. And it's a tavern known equally for its seafood and the thieves and scoundrels that frequent it. Oh. The owner is the lanky Yanyizmera a human woman who's one of the town's most prominent business owners and, coincidentally, the head of the Osprey Club, Otari's Thieves Guild. Yinyazmera is loyal to Otari and rarely permits her thieves to target locals, although outsiders are considered fair game. Uh-uh. Fiore, we've talked about this. You're not very fond of the Osprey Club. That's true. You're a, you're a, a cause of justice champion, a paladin. You don't like cheats and scoundrels, and you are holding the contraband of one. What are they doing here? And more importantly, where are they? Fiore looks at the pastry and is like, "This is from the Crooks Nook." Really? Yeah. Oh, did one of the thieves come here? I think so, but why? Hmm. What do they have to do here? Perhaps they were stealing... If they could steal anything. I don't know. I'm not a crook. Good to know. 
I can't imagine they've found anything good. Hmm. Think maybe the other building would have more answers. Because with this hole, we know at least one or two people are probably here. Yeah. Well, let's keep looking. Hmm. He squints his eyes. <laughs> Wonder if they actually know where they're where they step foot on. Fiora is eating the pastry, by the way. <laughs> oh, it's several days. It's several days out of date. De does that matter? Oh, he's eating it anyway. <gasps> yeah. Hello. Fiora, it is. It is fish in this thing. Well, did you say it was smoked? Yes. Oh, that's preserved. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. That smoked fish is is cooked to be preserved. Yeah. Okay. Well, Fiora, you eat this thing, and you know what? Even though it tastes of crime, it's like. <laughs> As, as much as you hate the taste of crime and <laughs> villainy, it, there's a reason that the Crooks Nook is a popular tavern. <laughs> like they have good the salmon seafood. taste wins out. Yeah, this, the salmon taste does overpower the taste of evil. That's true. Salmon is a good fish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you guys make your way up north? Yeah. Yes. I think as they're walking, uh, Ulrich is sneaking like a couple bites of one. <laughs> <laughs> Again. It's pretty fucking good. Silk, do you take one? It's not to Silk's taste. That's fine. <laughs> Silk isn't a big fish fan. You guys make your way up over the bridge? Yeah. Yeah. A low wooden bridge spans a watery gap between the larger island and a smaller one. A single-story building sits amid the thick reeds growing on the smaller island. As you approach the doors... You, again, you go to open them, Fiore. They're stuck. Oh man. Do you, are you still holding your torch, by the way? Or what uh, do you do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's been holding it. Okay. Well, the doors are stuck. Do you want to try, <clears throat> shove it open? He, yeah, I think he's going to shoulder charge it. Okay. Fiore, let's see if you can get true. I need you to make me an athletics roll. Here we are. 18. Yep, easy peasy. If you're right, pow! You shoulder charge those doors open. And what you find inside is oh. unusual. Hmm. Fury's gonna puke. He's so excited. Inside, there's a study. It features several bookshelves, a desk, two chairs. The books and objects here lie in disarray, with torn pages strewn haphazardously across the room. I see. And as soon as you all enter, suddenly, something appears before you all. <gasps> a light. A light appears in the air in front of you. Oh, uh. ye gods. It seems to be a strange glowing creature. And it says, Who goes there? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Who goes That's there? Not a kid. <laughs> what wrong? Uh, hi. I'm Fiore. I didn't ask who you were. Yes, you did. What? Yeah, you, you said who did. goes there. Is that what? No. I. Yeah. The you main question is who. You, I, am a wispy ghost named Spooky Wisp. 
It's nice to meet you. That's your name? It's doom upon you, doom! For questioning Spooky Wisp. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm I a very you charming. Sca- no. I'm a very scary ghost. Oh, you're horrifying. Hey, real fast. Um, Ulrich and Silk, would you guys like to roll me a magic check of some sort? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, do it, Boltism. Okay. The two of you recognize very quickly. Like, you two shoot at each other all look like, yes, you fucking seen us. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a spooky ghost. It's, it's someone casting Figment, <laughs> which is a cantrip, which makes illusory sounds and images. But it is indeed a cantrip. Like, it, this is nothing. <laughs> I think Ulrich steps around the the spooky ghost and goes to, like, a little bit deeper in the room to find Where are you going? What are you doing? Stop, stop right there! Oh, no, 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 no. What, what are you talking about? You're a spooky ghost. I don't want yeah, to be around you... the spooky ghost, he says as he's, like, searching around the room. <laughs> hey, Clearly no. they're running away because they're so scared of how spooky you are. Okay, good, but be scared this way. Come closer. Ulrich is I don't like... think you understand what scared means. <laughs> I think Ulrich is, like, back turned, <laughs> fucking listening in on each door. <laughs> uh, you can make perception checks if you like. No, come back this way. What are you doing? It's Stop, this so way. horrifying. Silk, help me. Fiore, yeah. protect me, please. <laughs> Ulrich, you walk directly towards a bookshelf. You walk directly towards a bookshelf, and you, like, look under it, and oh my god. Uh-huh. That's a fucking... What is that? That looks like a fucking <laughs> what baby. Is what, what is that? What the baby. fuck is that? Can I, can I be honest with you guys? What's up? He looks like a stand. He does the look like a weird... stand to ever be rolled. Go home. <laughs> he, he does look like a weird JoJo's Bizarre Adventure stand, yes. Oh, what? Get that um, thing off God. my fucking so screen. He, he is... I want everyone at home to imagine, you know, a gray alien, like the, the like with the big bulbous eyes. Imagine one of those with skin tone, a kind of pudgy tummy. Um, no clothes except for a little grass skirt and a little petal collar. Um, Obsessed. A really small pointy nose, big pointy ears, uh, weirdly luscious lips, and a golden tangle of hair. Um... And as you look under there, Ulrich, at this fucking creature, it says, ah! And it scrambles backwards and holds up its hands and says, Be gone! I, I have powers! We're not gonna hurt you. It's not, we're not here to harm you. Honestly, I was getting a little funny. Um, <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm scary! I'm scary. Right, right, right. Sure. And they say with both their hands up, horrifying. Um, yeah. What are you doing here? Well, I lied to you. You lied? My name is not Spooky Wisp. Oh, <laughs> really? My name's Tangletop on account of my Tangletop hair. I'm a brownie. He uh-huh. dispels the, the figment. Um, you guys know that uh, brownies are a type of fae. They're tricksters. 
Although evidently this one considers himself uh, quite a spooky trickster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously not particularly scary. Yeah. <laughs> I want... I came here because I want something. Oh. Over there. And he points off towards... Uh, there's a door to the west. It says, deeper over there. There's a, there's, a, there's a thing. The shiny. I want the shiny. And why do you want the shiny? It's shiny! That's... That's yeah. your motivation? Yeah. I have to... I have to agree with him there. It's what? pretty good motivation, as any. But... I'm a little scared of the thing in the room. It makes weird noises. So, I don't want to... I'm trying to find a plan to get the shiny without going into the room. Mm. I've tried the- thinking about it really, really hard, but it's not really worked. Hold on now. The thing in the room? Yeah, there's the mean thing with the the faith. Can you tell us more about that? Any other no. very specific descriptors? Scary. Okay. That's great. <laughs> I want you to imagine Alric slab squatting on the fucking ground to get to this thing's level, and his head is just like <laughs> on his head is just like hanging. He's like, okay. I will say this thing is like two feet tall, tops. Tiny. Arc's like Add speed to it. Arc's like almost six foot. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ! But Tangle Top here says, "If so, I tried really hard just thinking about it till it comes out to me, but it didn't work. So, since you're here, how about you go get the shiny and?" Eh. I'll tell you a secret. A secret about what? Well, that's a secret. That's not a very good deal. Oh, it's a very good deal. It's about I'll tell, it's about this plate. And Brownie's honor. <laughs> Brownie's Jesus honor. Fucking Christ. <laughs> it's, it's an important, terrible secret. Well. It does sound promising. It's information, at least. Hopefully helpful. It's uh, from all the books I've read here. There's lots of books that you can see. And Tangletop points all the fucking books thrown everywhere. <laughs> that should save us some time, then. Exactly. It would take you days to get through all these books. But if you get me the shiny, then that, that's all good. No worries. So it kind of like bends down. <laughs> For a second, it looks like that one meme, the like bimbo picking up a book. Uh, and he, he kind of like leaps through one of them, sees how fucking long some of these books are. He's like, deal. Yay! Hooray! Okay, so like I said, just go deeper into the place and get me the sign. You'll know it and you see it. It's very nice. Very nice and very shiny. Yes. Of course. Can't miss it. Get the shiny. Get the shiny and bring it back to me. Don't worry about the mean thing. It's fine. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you know anything about the mean thing? It's mean and scary. Does it have fur? Does it look like... No. Like ice? Like a... No. What is it? So what does it look like? It's like, a, it's like a bird. A bird. Like a... Yeah. 
Well, that's better than not knowing anything. I guess. You guys get the feeling it might be an actual bird. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> <laughs> okay. And as Tangletop nods at you, words echo. Quest received. God. Spooky wisps shining. I really like that one. That's a good name. Spooky wisp, or Tangletop as it were, really wants you to get him the shiny from the room to the southwest. But it's not very helpful in telling you what the shiny actually is. Better get it to him? Objectives. Get the shiny. Great. Me too, brother. What room is it? It's uh, it's down deeper to the west. Okay. All right. <laughs> if Silk's under the impression that it's literally just a bird, I think that they're uh, he's gonna open the fucking door. <laughs> okay. Alric gets up and is following uh, behind Silk, just in case. Oh, what if it's actually dangerous? <laughs> he's like, hold on. You think it actually is going to be dangerous? Okay. Well, when you get dirty. Fine, open the door. (laughs) Dice Will Roll will return after these messages. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to Dice Will Roll. Uh, So I have to start with a few thank yous to start. First off, I want to thank everyone for checking out Abomination Vaults. This has been the biggest, the most successful launch to a new season of Dice Will Roll ever. Which is, like, a huge surprise. Um, Extinction Curse had, like, a massive start. And it had been a couple of months since Dice World had published anything. So we weren't expecting to necessarily have a massive launch. But no, you guys have really knocked it out of the park. The show is doing incredibly well. And it's all thanks to everyone at home listening, telling friends, and getting the podcast out there. So well, in fact, that we have just passed a massive milestone that I never in a million years saw us hitting. And it is 400,000 downloads for Dice Roll. And I really, really just want to take a moment to say thank you all so much. Uh, on top of that, we're about to hit the fifth anniversary of Dice Roll, uh, episode one of Kingmaker, the fifth anniversary of our little podcast, uh, taking to the airwaves properly. Most other indie TTRPG podcasts don't manage to last half as long as we have. Not only have we lasted, but we have excelled. We have really done far better than any of us have taught and that's been so incredible for us as a friend group for us as individuals and for us as creators um and i don't think any of us would be doing half as well as we're doing without dice roll in their lives and i just want to give you a genuine and extremely sincere thank you um to celebrate next monday on the 5th of february one day after the anniversary we are going to be live on twitch just doing a behind the rolls, a live stream where all four of us, Dave, Ritz, Luna, and myself, hanging out, talking about five years of Dice Roll, interacting with you guys, answering some questions, and just really taking it all in. <laughs> um, that will be on twitch.tv slash derizumi, probably around noon PST. Uh, we'll see how long we go on for. It's mostly going to be a casual thing. Uh, don't expect to find out what campaign five is or anything. Um, just a chance for us to chat to you guys, answer some questions about the show, tell us stuff we've enjoyed from our experience on Dice Roll. And yeah, just celebrating five whole years. So 
that's it for now. Thank you everyone for an incredibly successful start to Abomination Vaults for 400,000 downloads and for checking in February 5th for the Dice Roll 5th Anniversary Special. We'll probably put it on our RSS feed afterwards, so if you're not able to make it, don't worry about it. If you're able to be there on the day, then that means that you might be able to get a few questions in. Thank you all very much, everyone. Remember, that's twitch.tv slash derryzumi, D-E-R-R-Y-Z-U-M-I. Thank you all. And as always, keep it rolling. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We now return to Dice Will Roll. So you move into the next room. And it appears to be a hall of portraits. A series of four paintings hang on the northwestern wall of this hallway. Although layers of mold and decay have severely damaged them, the paintings along the wall seem to basically have been irreversibly damaged by the elements. But the first painting is enormous, nearly seven feet tall and almost as wide. It depicts a landscape the city of Absalom, the capital city of Kortos, very close to Atari. And it's on fire, burning to the ground. What? And all the figures in the painting seem almost like spectral and in severe agony. Well, that's an unhappy painting. Um... <laughs> It has a bronze plaque that calls the painting. So shall the fools suffer. Damn. The second painting is nearly as large as the Absalom painting and is in the same style, although the subject is different. It depicts a lighthouse rising above a stately keep into the night sky with its beacon emitting a pale blue light. Its bronze plaque reads... Let the light shine forever. Hmm. I don't know if I enjoy this series of events. They're not very comforting. Especially this is part of a series. What's really funny about this series is the third one is just ripped to shreds. Oh. Like, it is completely gone. There is no trace of what it used to be. But the plaque reads, Portrait of the Artist. Eesh. Ominous. Yeah, it seems like someone did, really did not like that painting. Always a good sign to have a portrait specifically ripped up. The fourth and final portrait 
is smaller and circular, and it depicts a smirking woman dressed in a red gown with a high collar. She is pale, uh, beautiful blonde hair, extravagant necklace and earrings, um, and like a lot of mascara, like, or sorry, a lot of eyeshadow, like a lot of it. Um, her eyes are almost like white pinpricks surrounded by darkness, you know? Like there's just black all over. And atop it, she has this really chilling smirk. Oh, dear God. Oh. Tone it down, lady. The evil vibes are radiating. (laughs) The plaque reads, The Lady of the Light. Oh, shit. Uh. Would any of you like to make me a society check or a bardic lore check? I'll do a society check. Bardic lore. Yeah, I'm gonna cast bardic lore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ulrich, you do recognize you don't know exactly much about it, but you know from context clues that this must be the evil sorceress. The one who built this place. Yeah, checks out. Checks out. What's really distressing for you all, though, is that there is text carved into the stone underneath the painting. But it is not in a language any of you understand. In fact, I don't think it's a language any of you even recognize the characters of. Huh? There's just hmm. writing that you don't understand, and there's no way for you to understand. Well, uh, hmm. does anyone have any blank pieces of paper? <laughs> Silk reaches into uh, his bag and is like, like this? Uh, yes. And um, Alric also takes out a piece of chalk from uh, his bag, goes over the writing, and like, you with the flat end of the, uh, with the long end of the chalk just kind of swoops over it, so that way the writing imprints on the paper. Just in case Rin maybe has an answer in her shop, or it's not a language that any of us understand, as far as I'm aware, considering all of our faces. I, yeah, I think that we have a few options to figure that out. Smart. Any clue to help? Rin did ask us to investigate the entire area. That's true. And this could probably help with whatever the light is. That being said, there is another room to the south, which you assume is where the shiny must be kept. What do you guys do? Uh, Ulrich uh, rolls up the... Well, folds up the paper and safely puts it in his bag and says, Let's see where we can get the shiny, I guess. Okay. I'm just curious as to what it is. Probably it's something gold. You guys move forward? With some sort of yeah. gem. Yeah. You guys move, and there to the south, you find a workshop. This once elegant workshop has fallen into shambles. Soggy strings of dripping moss hang through cracks in the wooded domed roof above. Below it, a carpet of broken glass glitters dangerously. Workbenches and shelves, armatures and displays, all formerly used in crafting or repairing immense lenses for a lighthouse, they lie in ruins. Only a bejeweled spyglass sitting on a display rack near the southern wall has survived the devastation. But you are not alone in this room with the very shiny spyglass. There's a creature in here. It's a 
doll. A little wooden puppet. Almost like an artist's mannequin. But its strange half-spherical head has a beautiful eye drawn on either side of the head and a beak coming out from the front like a white raven. It has wings for arms and tiny sewed-on pants and shoes. Uh It is quite terrifying to look at. No, it's cute! Hmm? And it turns slowly. And it looks at you, Silk. (laughs) And it says, Master! Oh, no. No, 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 no. Master, as in Ray, have you come back for me? As in Ray. Master! I believe you've got the wrong person, Puppet. You're not the master. You're not the master! You're not the master! And he starts Uh. flapping his wings, kind of. And he turns and he says, You don't recognize me? You're not the master. You don't recognize me. You don't recognize Mr. Beak! And everyone, we're going to roll initiative (laughs) against what is potentially the most infamous creature of this adventure, Pat. Okay. Mr. B! <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, so everyone, let's roll initiative because Mr. Beak, who very famous among abomination vaulters, I will let you all know, for being um quite dangerous before he was nerfed heavily. Um, oh. Once upon a time, he was a TPK machine and everyone is afraid of Mr. Beak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Originally, what? he had the what? equivalent of a sixth level character's spell. What? Why? For level one heroes. Um, you can see why Mr. Beak is infamous. Come on. Mr. Everyone, Beak. Everyone add yourselves to initiative. The doll is going to go first in initiative, unfortunately. Mr. Beak is going to squall and he's going to fly towards you, Silk. Huh. Not fly. He does kind of, he more like hops from like up and like he jumps through the air and flaps his wings as he goes. And then as he gets there towards you, he's going to peck into your shin. Ow. And Silk, that is going to be a 23 to hit, which is a hit. I'm sorry. Is that a plus 12? <laughs> oh, why well, yes, Luna. It is a plus 12 oh to God, hit. And oh I just God, noticed God. the initiative was plus 10. Yeah, you know what? Is still this strong. <laughs> Mr. Beak is gonna fucking kill us. Um. So that's gonna be. Can I? Oh. Can I use my? Can I? I haven't played. A, I haven't played Paladin in a minute. Can I actually use? Um. Yeah, Retributive Strike. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So. Fiore, tell me what is Retributive Strike? This is the iconic ability of a Cause of Justice champion. Um. Well. When your ally is being attacked by a bad guy, um, but you can attack the bad guy attacking your friend in response. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, what happens is as he attacks you, you attack it right back. 
And on top of that, you reduce the damage that your ally would take. Yes. So uh, here you go. Champion's resistance to you, uh, Silk. Yippee. Which will give you uh, resistance to this incoming damage. But Fiore, make me that attack roll against Mr. Beak. 27. Uh, 27 is a nice solid hit, Fiore. Slash him. Six damage. Six damage. Very nice, Fiore. You cut into this uh, little puppet as he's attacking Silk. And because you uh, use holy power to overwhelm this creature, this force at which it attacks Silk is diminished. And Silk, rather than taking five damage, you are going to take one damage. Huh. Two plus uh, your level, and you guys are level two. So you only took one damage from this attack, which, good. This is this is such an important question. Did Mr. Mm-hmm. Beak tear Silk's pants? No, I don't take with one damage. Okay, good. But you might try again. <laughs> uh, Mr. Beak uh, shrieks, and he's going to try peck you again. And that is going to be a 23 to hit. That oh is another God. hit. And unfortunately, Fiora, uh, you can't do anything about it this time. Uh, you've reused your reaction. That is going to be That's nine okay. damage, Silk. <laughs> okay. It seems obsessed with you. Well, who wouldn't be? Um, <laughs> and I think this time it does rip through your pants. <laughs> no! Silk's going to kill himself. <laughs> it's like, I give up. <laughs> Silk uses his next action to die. <laughs> uh, well, next in the order is gonna be Fiore. Uh, Fiore, this puppet is like rushing towards you. He's already badly hurt Silk. You can see that Silk got stabbed badly in the leg. Is now bleeding. What the hell do you do? You got a torch in one hand and a scimitar in the other. Fiore is going to try to attack with his scimitar. Mm-hmm. But that is not all that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually going to cast a spell, not <gasps> his own volition. Tell me what this looks like. What happens as you start swinging forward at this thing? Um, well, he's swinging forward and it's like the, and it's like his sword catches on fire. It doesn't look like nice fire, actually. Oh. It looks maybe a little bit like Hellfire. Black, evil, sulfurous flames erupt from your scimitar. As you search forward, your eyes catch a light fiore, and they look like eclipsing suns. And you are casting Ignition. Specifically, the melee version of Ignition. Mm-hmm. Which is something that I think Ulrich and Silk, both of you know that... Fiore shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, Silk sees that. Alric has questions. <laughs> uh, roll me the attack roll. Uh, 26. Fiore, the Hellfire Blade catches into Mr. Beak, and it burns badly. Roll me that damage. 10. Woo! 10 fire damage, Fiore, as you scorch him with unholy flames. And that's a lot of damage to Mr. Beak. Uh, you've got one action left, bud. What do you do? Um, he looks horrified with himself for a second. Um, but only for a second. And then he just continues going on. Interesting. Um, and then I'm gonna have him... Uh, can I switch an item out? 
Yeah, what item are you switching out? A torch for a shield. Okay, you put away your torch and you pull out your shield. Um, uh, And that's a swap action. You're able to swap one for the other all as well. The lights go darker as Mr. Beak stumbles back and he lets it out. You hurt me? You hurt Mr. Beak? And he is going to continue rushing. Uh, Silk, it is your turn. Fiore has heroically saved you, but also, again, the word curse floats through your head. Silk, just like Ulrich, has a lot of questions to ask after this little encounter. What the hell do you do? You have three actions. Uh, Mr. Beak is right here, and he is really... You are badly injured right now. Like, that hurt. Um... Mr. Peak is going to get what's fucking coming to him because uh, Silk is going to use a three-action spell. <laughs> what's the spell? It's called Force Barrage. Ah. Some may recognize this as Magic Missile. Ah, the wizard bread and butter. Okay. Uh, how does this look? How do you cast this? Um, <laughs> Silk looks down at his bleeding fucking leg uh, with the new tear in his beautiful blue uh, billowy pants. Um, and he looks fucking furious. Uh, so he snatches his, uh, uh, silver pistol from his hip, and as he, <laughs> like, as soon as he aims it at Mr. Beak, streaks and streaks of magical energy shoot out from it into Mr. Beak. Poor, poor Mr. Beak. Pew, 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 pew. Okay, so roll me that damage. This automatically applies. Uh, you will because you are spending three actions. Uh, you are shooting a whole ton of them all at once. So that's thirteen damage. Woof! Really nice. Um, you erupt these spells into Mister Beak, who is like stumbling back a little bit. Obviously, quite badly hurt, but he's not down yet. As he stumbles back, he says. Why? Why did you abandon me, master? You're not master. You don't recognize me. You don't recognize Mr. Beak. I don't know if Silk even has anything to say. He's just mad. Ulrich, it is your turn. Um, woof. This is dangerous. This ting is dangerous. <sighs> what do you do? Um, Ulrich is going to heroic anthem. I think it's a mixture of his whistling and the whistle of his, uh, his longbow. And again, he's like, like, uh, impacts and movements are all on beat. Very, very nice. How badly hurt is Silk right now? Pretty bad. Okay. Silk Um, don't look good. Okay, then Alric is going to, before anything, cast Soothe on Silk. Okay, uh, so how does this look? I think he is about to attack, but sees that Silk isn't doing so well. I think uh, Soothe kind of pulses out of his hands as he kind of snaps to the beat. And Mm -hmm. targeting Silk, uh, I guess he kind of glows with a sort of green aura after um, with every snap and it heals. Okay, so let's see how much healing you do. Eleven. 11 healing. How are you looking, Silk? Good as new. <laughs> Literally Perfect back up to max always. HP. <laughs> uh, Silk, your, that wound on your leg immediately just heals over. 
you are looking great. You also have a plus two on all your mental saves for uh, one minute. Thanks, Ulrich. Thanks, Ulrich. We all <laughs> need an Ulrich. Um, That's true. Huh. It's t- top of the order again, isn't it? Uh-huh. It's time for Mr. Beak. Mr. Beak holds his head in his hands and sh- starts shrieking and says, It hurts! It hurts! It hurts! I don't want to be like this! Ah! And as he calls out, um, that is going to be, uh, unfortunately, once again, on you, Silk. Mm, he imprinted is in a bad way. going to cast Phantom Pain. Uh-oh. I want you to make me a will save. But lucky you, this is a mental effect. And who just gave you a bonus to your mental saves? My good friend Ulrich. I need a save. Let's see, Silk. Oh, no. <laughs> so a plus two to your saves can only do so well when you roll a tree. And Mr. Beak has quite the high uh, DC. Well, it was nice playing Silk while I could. Um, let's see who I roll next. Well, uh, let's see. Illusory pain racks your head and Silk, your head is aching. So... Hold on. Hold on. Me looking at the damage that's way over my max HP. (laughs) So I might... I did roll like nearly max damage on all those dice. (laughs) No, no, take it back, no. (laughs) Okay. It happens, it happens. (laughs) Um... Would he in? Would he instantly die if he yes, went down? Yes, instantly. Yeah, okay. hundred percent. Like he... massive damage. Uh, <laughs> this would do forty-eight damage, and Silk has eighteen HP. <laughs> oh my god! So <laughs> this. <laughs> Hey guys, episode three. <laughs> episode three. In, in fairness, that is just sheer bad luck. Okay, one second. What happens on a critical failure? As a failure, but the take. Oh, hold on. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Relax. Okay. Relax. I'm relaxed. Calm down. Okay. So I'm chilling. I'm freaking out. So that is. I did roll twenty-four damage, Silk. Yeah. Um, which would, because I rolled basically max damage on six d four plus three d four. Um. Uh-huh. Plus an extra four, just from his... Yeah. Um, now, I was very worried this would instantly kill you with massive damage. Oh. Thankfully, on a critical failure, Silk, you don't take double damage. Oh, okay. Instead, you are... On a failure, you take full initial damage and persistent damage, and your second one. Bruh. On a critical That's- failure... You are instead sickened too, but you don't take double damage. <gasps> okay, so well, I can take that. <laughs> you immediately, Silk, are racked with mind-numbing pain. The same pain that this entity, this doll, seems to be feeling. And immediately, you are downed. 
first you down will of be, the campaign, baby. You will be taking <laughs> persistent mental damage even while you're down, I believe. All right. You are going to take treaty for persistent mental damage. So you need to be taken care of quickly. Okay. Like real quickly, because if you're unconscious, taking damage while you're down immediately makes you fail a recovery roll. Mm -hmm. So someone's gonna wanna take care of you. Mr. Big's turn has, he, Mr. Big has one last action <laughs> and it exhales out. And Ulrich and Fiore, you both see Silk drop to the floor. And Mr. Beak wails and says, Terrible, 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 terrible. And it's going to peck at you, Fiore. Okay. And that is going to be a 28 to hit. That does hit. Yeah, anyone else that would have been a crit, buddy. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Champion armor. I love champion armor. Seven piercing damage as he beats you. Okay. Fiore, it is your turn. Silk is dying, and you can see on the floor, he is like shaking and convulsing. Uh, well, I didn't expect to do that immediately, but I will cast a spell. Yeah, which one? Uh, Fiore is gonna cast Lay on Hands, like really quickly. Okay. Uh, so Fiore, how, how do you do this? It looks like he's using his tail to like push the hair out of of Silk's face um, but it's like this time his tail feel, looks like it's like dazzling with like the sunlight Ooh. okay it would do this to his hand if he was doing that mm -hmm. but he's just using his tail right now so Silk you're gonna restore 6 HP and uh, as you kind of sit up on the, uh, in your seat uh, just waking up a kind of like prism of fate surrounds you um, almost like a star shaped mm -hmm. dodecahedron um, and that is going to give you a plus two to your AC for one round which is good <laughs> it's, it's very good you are just like coming back to consciousness on the floor but you have the world's most splitting headache Yeah. how are you doing bud not fucking great, I'll say. Um, truly not the most amazing. I think probably bad is the word for it. Well, uh, yeah, he's he's got like his hands on his head and he's like, groaning. That was one action. Then he's going to attack. Um, he's going to attack Mr. Beak again. Okay. Twenty-seven. Uh, yep, that is going to be a hit. Roll me that damage. Six. Fiore Sunchaser, how do you defeat Mr. Beak? I think that after he heals Silk, Fiore takes his uh, scimitar and I think when he swipes, he catches at like, um, like a, a notch or something in... Mr. Beak, like, either a joint or somewhere, and uses enough force to, like, like, send him flying into a wall. Fiore, you slash hard at Mr. Beak with such force that he goes flying into the west wall and shatters into puppet pieces with one final and as he shatters, all that remains 
is a strange green gemstone that seems to have been embedded in Mr. Beak's back. However, the fight is not over because Silk, you are still in agony from that mental damage. Um, it is yeah. your turn. And you are sickened too, which means you have a minus two on all your checks and DCs, and you have persistent mental damage. You, at the end of your turn, will have to make a flat check to see if you can get rid of the damage, but it is a DC 15. Okay. Now, if you did something, nice. you might be able to lower the uh, DC like to a 10 if you did something that might help stop the headache. You have three actions. What the hell do you do? I think, yeah, he's, he's like sitting on the ground and he literally has like the um, hard, hard part of his palms like up against his temples and he just kind of like leans his head down and kind of just... Is it... Yeah, he screams a little. His like hat falls off. It's he looks a mess. So you kind of cosplay Aska from Evangelion for a moment. <laughs> it's the only thing that can help. That will reduce the DC to ten, I will say. So okay. you spend your whole turn doing that. Let's see. Unfortunately, that is not going to do it. But you, so you take four damage, and you rolled a two on your flat check. Uh, Silk, you have two okay. HP left. Um, Ulrich, what the fuck do you do? Okay, so, uh, would Ulrich have something to help with the headache? At least, like, a medicine or something that he would make? So, you can certainly try that. Okay. Um, I would say that, like, an antidote might help. It's not really supposed to help, but I would say it could. Mm -hmm. Just, you know. However, the problem is... Alric, as you try to give this to Silk, Silk literally won't stay still enough to take the medicine. Hmm. Because Silk is sickened. You've got two actions left. What do you do? Did we use my hero point? No. Uh, I will use it then. Okay. What are you using it for? The hero action was here was healing prayer. Oh, interesting. What does what's it do? Uh, select yourself for an ally within reach. The target regains 1d8 plus 8 uh, HP. If you are 7th level or higher, it regains 2d8 plus 16. I'm not at that level yet. Yeah, so you're not, so it's going to be 1d8 plus 8. Okay. Uh, Ulrich, as you sit by Silk and try to suit him, you tank to yourself and you kind of under your breath pray to your goddess. Tell us about your goddess briefly. Oh, uh, right. So his goddess is uh, Halkamora believe um Empyrean Lord? That's I right. Believe. Basically a holy angel. And I also think I read the daughter of Arastal. That is right. The daughter of Arastal, the god of the hunt and of the harvest. Yep. Halkamora is a goddess of gardening, of agriculture, and of family, I believe, right? Yes. You read under your breath a prayer, please help me. And it seems to help Silk a little bit. That's 1d8 plus 8 hit points? Yeah. Roll that for me. 12. 12? 12 healing, Silk. Holy shit. Holy shit. He looks a lot better. For now. Kind of. For now. <laughs> um, can, I, can he also cast Guidance to help with the saving throw for the headache? 
I will say yes. Uh, what do you say to Silk to try help keep him keep him up and fighting? The pain will pass. It's going to pass, but you need to focus. Thought something tangible, something that you can hear, see, or touch. Just focus on that. I think Silk grabs onto Alric. Aww. Aww. <laughs> you clutch onto Alric's sleeve and stare up at him, shaking. Easiest thing in the room to focus on right now, being the closest person. Mm-hmm. Fiore. It is your turn. You are standing by Silk. Silk is obviously in a lot of pain. What do you do? Do you do anything? Because you can just wait and like just sit at his side and prepare to help him out when you need to. I'm not sure if there's anything that I can do right now because I've used lay on hands and I need to wait to do that. <clears throat> I think he's preparing to, if he takes damage and goes down, he's going to try and stabilize him or something. Okay. Um, Silk, your turn. Even though the horrible puppet is gone, you are still in agony, but at the very least, you are being comforted by your friends, and I think you don't have to scream anymore. I think you can just kind of take deep breaths to help stabilize yourself. Yeah. Silk is kind of just... I think he's holding on to um, Ulrich's hand, and he's just like... Mm breathing in and out um just focusing on hey uh you're not about to die uh there is there's someone else here there's other people here you are still here um it's okay the physical things are real uh this hand is real you are real okay roll me that recovery check 11 that'll do it Combined with the power of your intense breathing and Ulrich's guidance and Fiore's presence, you inhale, you exhale, and that's it. It's over. You are good. <sighs> Feeling better. Yes. better. Mm. Let's you. take a minute to heal all the way. Please. Yeah, of course. Can we leave after this? Yeah. Yeah, no, we have all the time in the world right now. We already know what we need to do. We can go back. Let's get you healed. Silk just stays sitting down. <laughs> um, I think uh, Alric is using some like healing bombs and bandages, like fresh bandages, just to help with any um, cuts or bruises that are still there that he didn't heal initially. Yeah, there's probably a few left, but at this point, most of the damage seems to have been mental. Mm. But at the very least, you can help make him feel more physically comfortable. Fiore, do you pray over Silk, uh, refocus, and cast him lay on hands? Yes. Yes, he does. Okay. Fiore, you say a few prayers of sunlight. And eventually, after ten minutes, Silk, you are healed back to full HP. You're good. It's all good. 
but this was certainly not just a, a nutting burger of a quest from Rin, it would seem. You're telling me. Now, what do you guys do with the stuff in this room? There is that bejeweled spyglass, which is extremely shiny. You could either keep it for yourself or trade it in for a secret with Tangletop. And there's also that mysterious gem that appeared to have been in uh, Mr. Beak's back. Um, anyone else can go get the spyglass, but I think since Silk is on the floor and it dropped right next to him, he's not like swiped it, but definitely um, peered over and picked it up just to examine it. Would you like to make me a arcana check to see if you can figure anything out about Mr. Beak or this gem? Sure. Okay. Seeing the gem quietly informs you of what Mr. Beak was. Mm -hmm. Because what you are holding in your hand right now is Mr. Beak's soul. Oh. Mr. Beak was apparently a soul-bound doll. An eerie mannequin imbued with a piece of a deceased mortal's soul. At some point in life, or at some point in time, Mr. Beak was a living, breeding thing. And now you hold the essence of that living, breeding thing in your hand. The real person that Mr. Beak was before probably wasn't quite as murderous and rampaging as what you just encountered. Being made into a soulbound doll is not an exactly nice process. But yeah, that's what you've got. Interesting. I think Silk holds on to it. Okay. Alric and Fiore, do either of you get the shiny? Yeah, I think Fiore would pick up the shiny. Okay. I mean, it's a spyglass. Uh, it's very, very beautiful. The only thing in this room that wasn't smashed. All right. I will say, this is the last room on that in this island, and there was no sign of anyone from the Crook's Nook. Fiori squints. Do you guys want to make your way back out to Tangletop, give the shiny, and start heading home? Yeah. Yeah. Silk is eager to leave. Yeah, um, I think Alric was still by uh, Silk's side. Um, like, kneeled close, and they ask, Are you okay to stand? Uh, <clears throat> lend me a hand? <laughs> Just uh, one more time. I was gonna help you out regardless. Come on. And, um... I think Silk smiles. <laughs> He stands up, and I... Is Silk still holding Ulrich's hand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, then um, Ulrich has a bit of a firmer grip on Silk's hand and uh, slowly helps him up. Fiori, make a perception check. Okay. Here you go. Hmm. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> anyway Perry, <laughs> you, you see this <laughs> Silk tries not to linger too much and he, he does let go uh, 
Valorik's <laughs> hand, he's like, yeah, you can have it back. And he kind of brushes himself off. Um, there is, like, the slightest bit of pink clouds, but he, uh, Ulrich does laugh and says, well, at the very least, we're headed back home, so you can take all the time you need to rest. Don't let this cute interaction make you forget that not an hour and a half ago, Sil cast a spell to slam Ulrich into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> he forgave him. Um, do you guys go back out to Tangletop? Yes, we do. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Out you go. Um, you make your way back out to Tangletop, leaving behind the strange lens workshop that you found yourselves in, and uh. You approach the brownie, who uh, kind of squeals in delight fury as you approach, and says, You've got the thiny! The thiny! Give it, give it, give it! Oh, look how snuggly they look! How wonderful! How wonderful! Here you go. Yay! Thank you kindly. Of course. I'm here to help. Oh, sparkling, loving tube. Want it, want it, want it! <laughs> you do know what you can do with that, yes? No. We'll turn it the other way first. He turns it horizontally, like he's not looking. He like just turns it over in his hand, like so it's just rotated slightly. You know, he hasn't like held it up to his uh, eye or anything. No. <laughs> he just rolled it over a few times in his hand. Uh. <laughs> Would you mind and like still kind of no. puts his hands come near? Stay back. No, I've... Uh, I'm just saying, if you look through the thin end... Huh? It'll be a nice surprise. <gasps> oh, ah, wonderful! It makes small things bigger! Yeah, it does. Amazing! Amazing! Well, then you are most deserving of a secret. Thank you. What is the secret that you were going to tell us? The master of this place. Oh? Once upon a time, there was a man here who worked for an evil sorceress. Oh? He was a wizard. An elf named Volok Azrine. And he was the apprentice of the sorceress. But when the sorceress died, he lived on. But he hasn't been here for a long time. He's probably gone mad or died. In fact, it was 500 years ago, so yeah, he dead. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Elven wizard. Fiore looks over at Silk. Silk puts his hand on his hip a little bit, like tilts his head, like, hmm? Are you maybe related to any other wizards? Oh. Well, yes. Um. <laughs> I guess you could say I am. I don't recognize that name, though, so not him. I know my lineage fairly oh, well. Oh, he wasn't a normal elf. He was a strange elf. A strange elf? Yes. Strange. An evil elf. An evil elf. 
would you all like to quickly roll me a society check? <laughs> okay. Silk's got his 23 in me. He does not know this guy. <laughs> okay. Silk, your heart, like, your heart practically stops in your chest. You start to sweat. You bite your lower lip. Your ears twitch. Your nose wrinkles. Your eyebrows go up and down. <laughs> uh, Silk, is something wrong uh-huh. with you? <laughs> you recognize you're having a stroke. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You remember, Silk, stories that your mama told you when you were a little boy. Stories of the most evil beings to ever exist. Stories of the wicked elves that call themselves the Drow. Hey, we can't use that name anymore. The men of... Hold on, hold on. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. This the boogeymen of elven kind. Wicked, nasty elves, possessed by demons. Sure, you, you know. Ulrich, <laughs> as soon as you see Silk's reaction, you know that Silk is freaking out about the concept of a drow, because that's a they're folklore figures in elven kind. Drow questionably exist. Okay. They from from your studies, they most likely there are probably things that are like drow, but from your understanding, they're more of a folk tale that were made up by like elf like elven mothers and fathers to scare their children. Damn. Um, Damn. In in uh out of lore Paizo can't use drow anymore. So yeah. the retcon was that uh, drow maybe exist, maybe not. In certain other adventures, you might have encountered some drow, but uh, they might have been... For example, uh, I think drow did exist and do exist, but in very small, very rare pockets. Mm-hmm. You'd only find them extremely deep underground. Okay. The way that certain elves would have you believe is that drow are lurking around every corner behind every misdeed. But more likely <laughs> than not, only a few families of drow still exist from the from the ages before ages. You know? Okay. By now, most drow are probably gone. Okay. Silk, like, makes a face and he's like, oh, You mean, like, drow? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Maybe... <laughs> As he was an evil elf from deep underground. <gasps> that is a drow. Uh, huh? I, oh goodness, well, that god is gone. A drow, evil. Alric's in his eyes like, did someone tell him? Do I have to tell him? Oh. <laughs> you already <laughs> see what a fragile state he's in. Are you going to tell him? Alric like this. Alric, I think, just pats Silk on the shoulder and is like, yeah, it's, it's a very good thing that he's gone now, so I th- I'm sure we're safe, and, uh, like Spooky Wisp said, probably long gone. You can tell me Tangled Top, it's okay, we're friends now. Okay, thank you. 
Like, thank you for that validation. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and real fast, quest complete. Yippee! Shiny, Shiny. Gotham. Yippee! <laughs> Does anyone else see the Dark Souls like text <laughs> in their heads of Shiny Gotten? <laughs> no, Shiny I, Gotten. I see it. I, I see the fucking uh uh <laughs> I see the fucking Super Mario Shine get. <laughs> uh, that's also your... good. That's also very good. <laughs> you have your first completed quest. Yay! Yay. It only took self almost dying. And it. as you guys kind of True. you know, I, I assume you guys tank tangled top and even though you haven't finished, com you haven't totally explored the ruins. After that close encounter, you probably want to just go home and touch base with, uh, with Rin. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. The three of you make your way out. And quest complete. Explore the ruins. You have finished a light in the fog. You guys pass back through the gauntlet. Unsure of whether or not you will ever return. You make your way through that blood-stained lighthouse, past the rubble with all the mitflits and the giant maggots, past doors you have yet to uncover, towards the crumbled... <laughs> crumbled... Uh, drawbridge... Which you spent an exorbitant amount of time getting past. Well, Fiore doesn't. He yeah, waits Fiore mostly doesn't. at the end of it. <laughs> and you all start to leave the Gauntlet Keep. As you're limping back towards the town of Otari, what do you guys do? I I think as they're walking, um, I assume Fiore's in the lead. Yeah. Uh, Silk as he's kind of playing with his hair and making sure it's not tangled, he kind of clears his throat. <clears throat> You're... Uh, yeah? You are a paladin, right? Yeah. Hmm. Why do you ask? I just... How did you do that? Uh, do what? He smiles. Paladins don't really cast spells, do they? I... Well, as a paladin, I can cast... Lay on hands? Of course you can do lay on hands. I don't mean that. I... More meant, um... You made hellfire. Oh. That. I don't choose to do that. A reflex, then, or something else. Kind of. The two of you can see that Fiore, who is usually a genuine ball of sunshine, he doesn't look particularly talkative right now. I think Silk looks like he's going to say something else, but seeing Fiore just kind of shut down like that, I think stops him from going a little too far in his prodding. I think maybe that's a conversation for private. Well, the tree of you 
quickly catch your pace up again, discarding that topic for now. Everyone's allowed to have their secrets, right? Ulrich, as you tighten your hood, Silk, you adjust your wizard's hat, and Fiore, you wipe your eyes, which glow beautiful like the sun. The three of you leave the gauntlet, potentially never to return, though more secrets surely await you or anyone else who comes here. But enough of this. Is it not time to celebrate the history of Otari? The Founders' Festival comes tomorrow. It's time to relax. And so, you will all go home and take part in the revelry before entering Chapter 2 of Abomination Books, The Forgotten Dungeon. This episode of Dice for Roll would not have been possible without the support of our patrons. Quinlan Boss, Princess Alavi, Emily is Gay, Dexton, Meow Mai, Michael Wallet, Knight the Werewolf Teacher, Ashley, Actually a Bot, Violet, Seraphine, Kyle Damon, Sol Grislobo, Phoebe Gibbies, Daisy Gilliam, Lux Rexus, Berden Stormcrow, Sam Stryker, Tony Saunders, Mita, Areve, Belmonts, Marshmallowberry, Firek Falcon, Luis Loza, Ares, Alexander Crizzle, May Cohen, Skyly, Generally Tricked, Transgirl Trish, Baal Punyon, Giant Catman Extraordinaire, Matthew Wilson Krasnovich, Tillon Shark, Glitch HD, Jace Snooks, Jonathan Love, G Barbera, Luke Gideon, Sarah B, Seth, Kira, Lichlope, Gizmo, Cass, Fable McElduff, Ava, Rem T. Bright, Lonesome Chunk, Steph, Sean C, Natasha Lumley, Rhiannon C, Ellie, Jenna Mitchell, Kane Kendrick, Sky Evangeline, Triceratops, Anna Maria, Jordan, Emily Laderna, John DeBooker, SSX Seeker, and Dame Valerie Deter. If you'd like to see what you can get for helping us keep it rolling, check out patreon.com slash dice roll today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.